Hi, you're listening to KS for Kinky, and we're your hosts, Jen and Eden. And today we're talking about something that impacts our life quite a bit, which is balancing kink and being a parent. Apparently. Hello, and welcome to the KS for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. Quick, turn the house around. A phrase that we utter every time the kids come home. I'm not no. allowed to sing the song, right? No, no, because it's definitely copyright infringement. <laughs> um, but she's thinking of singing a song that has the words turn around in it. So, But instead you... of house, it would be beat. Turn you can't. You can't sing. <laughs> no, that is copyright infringement. <laughs> I don't think that's enough. Come on. It actually is. Really? Yeah, I studied it. It is. Uh, okay, well, I don't think copyright people are listening. <laughs> they always are listening. And now they can use technology to, like, search through files and, like, the computers will find the mistakes. I'm sure that the notes were off when I did the beep or bring. You actually were pretty on on point. <laughs> I'm going to leave it in and see what happens. But technically, it's copyright If we get shut down, it's all my fault. There well, you go. <laughs> what they'll do is say, oh, one of them had foreknowledge of copyright infringement because Eden said on the podcast that she knew it was copyright infringement and left it in. So there's like actual intention to leave it in. It's actually really bad for us I in think, a court. I think we'll be okay. They'll just ask us to take it down. That's easy. But yeah, it's, I was shocked by how on key you were when you were doing your meet meet merp version. I was I was impressed. Um, so if you've only you can we invert- say the name? Can we say the line? Just speak it. I think we're already dangerously close to copyright infringing. That is that cannot be copyright. I also is thought to you were doing the, line the song, of a song "Turn Around" every now and then. I thought like no. that song was what you were going for, and then you were doing the, the episode is "Turn the House Around." This is just <laughs> ridiculous. So today we're talking about. Turn the house around when kink and kids don't go together because they don't. Um, and it's very... <laughs> but you have both. <laughs> yeah, but you have both. How do you balance that? And uh, this is something that really impacts our life um, because we have teenagers. And when I first met Miss Jen, they were younger than that. I think they were 9 and 11, technically, when I first met them. Uh, yep. Yeah, and now... <laughs> I had to do the math. <laughs> they be teens, you know what I mean? So um, it's it's definitely an interesting and challenging um, dynamic to, to face because as well for us, we are pretty open about our kink life and we have the podcast and we have a public presence where if the kids really want to, they could search up and find stuff. Yeah. I mean, we do use, like I use the name Eden at this point, but at some we know that at some juncture in the future, you know, when the kids are searching not on kid-friendly engines and are adults, um, they'll likely well, stumble across. We can across. talk about some of the stumbling upons that have happened and how we've dealt with that or yeah. how, I, how I've dealt with that. We also, you know, don't want to forget that we have two three-year-olds in the house, but they are cats. Yeah, so they let go. I don't think they understand. I actually think that they're pretty kinky themselves and there's no boundaries there. We've seen a lot of weird shit between the two of them. Frankly, I think with, they've yeah. seen a lot of weird shit on us. So, you know, well that, that, that phrase didn't come out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> they're both asleep ish right now. Fabu is a little croissant and echo is uh, contemplating life. He has one eye open, which is really <laughs> creepy. He's legit sleeping with one eye open. It's like, he doesn't trust me at all. Well, um, I just give him love 
and sometimes it's a little rough and your love language does not match echo's love language (laughs) sometimes it does sometimes you get along very well Uh, if you match his love language yes so what do you do when you're a kinkster and you have kids this is something that a lot of people have to deal with Um, and i will tell you life is very different from what we can see from for our friends who do not have children um, the first thing that we'll notice whenever we visit the home of somebody who does not have children and who does not live with their parents um, or with roommates that can't know about their kink, the first thing we notice is that usually our friends have some sort of open dungeon space or all of their toys displayed on a wall. Because you can. Because you don't need your house well, to either be. Either displayed or uh, just kept there, like stored openly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing that we'll notice. And, uh, I think another thing that we notice whenever we're dealing with people and friends who don't have children is the freedom of scheduling. Um, obviously anybody who knows us knows that we are up to our eyeballs with responsibility and, um, with things that we do. I mean, we schedule things months out, but the kids are a huge part of that. Um, even when we don't have them, we keep in mind the activities they're doing they might need us to do something to help support them if they have a a production they're in or if they're doing something like that we want to support the kids yeah I mean even you know when we have them especially the and we by the way we have them like one week on one week off um and so you know even when we have them and they don't have like special stuff going on for me especially like I want to try to be you know cooking dinner for them and like being around and talking to them and just being present um so even if they don't have any special things going on and even though we do have to schedule um you know some of our events and things like that when they are here outside of stuff like that I I really do like to be home and and Eden does as well um but yeah, so it's it's definitely still an impact for sure, even though, you know, people are like, but they're older. Like, yes, they can take care of themselves. They can bathe themselves and feed themselves and, you know, entertain themselves. That is correct. And I feel still a responsibility as their mom to be present um, well, as much as I can. Something else that you find when you when you have kids and something that I'm discovering is I'm in a very weird position as a kind of a co-parent, um, but I'm not really like the kid's parent, right? Um, as they get older, you start to realize that your time with them is coming to a close when they're when they're kids. Like they are going to move away and go, you know, and so you want to spend time with your kids. You, you want to be present with them while they're still children. And you also want to be aware of the fact that they might need you as adults. So it's just a very interesting uh, thing to consider when you then look at, oh, and I have an active BDSM and kink lifestyle. And for us, it's kind of on full volume. I feel like this, not dilemma, but this balancing act is as high as it can kind of go. I think the only way that this could be more extreme is if we had the kids 24-7. Um, and I think if we did, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Um, but basically, our entire professional life is in the kink scene. And everything we do, all of our friends, all of our activities, with almost no exception, are kink-related. Even if it's just going to a munch, we're going there to see kinky people. Um, so it's been very interesting to turn that, to turn the house around or to turn that on and off. Um, if you come into our home, you won't find anything visible that's basically kinky. Um, there are some things that maybe hint, but it's really hard to tell. Um, the reason I mentioned something that hints is like we have our heart jar on the wall 
the kids noticed it immediately and have no idea what's going on with that thing and have been positing like possibilities <laughs> of like why are the hearts changing colors how do you earn it what does that heart mean like they're very curious about this random thing and we just enjoy torturing them by never telling them what they are <laughs> um but that's like actually a, a visible representation of our dynamic and by the way if you haven't listened to the episode about our heart system that's what we're referring to yeah so listen to that um there's also a picture on the wall that I drew of myself and Miss Jen, but I am a little tiny gremlin monster on a leash, and she is wearing a bisexual shirt, looking very irritated. Um, holding the leash. Yes, holding yeah. the leash. And it, it's it's a representation of us, but it's also clearly, like, silly. Like, it's appropriate. It's kid-friendly. It's not, um, you know. It's a, it's a wink to the power exchange, but not in a super obvious way. It's in a way that we can make the excuse of being a silly drawing kind well, of it thing. Well, it is a silly drawing. Well, it, I know, but that's, yeah. that, we can use that as the excuse. I'm like an alien dog fox bird. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what um, that is. <laughs> but basically what we're saying, though, is that there's really no outward way of telling when you walk into our home that we're kinky, and we have to keep it that way. Um, it's, it's too hard to, like, have certain decorations go up when the kids aren't here and certain ones go down. And even when you go into our bedroom, it's not apparent. Um, just by looking around and that's also frankly because of the kids um, we, we just don't have a way of you know putting things out uh, Miss Jen's toy bag is like this metal box it's like a, a traveling makeup case that's really tall and we put all our toys in there and that is visible but it's not visible what that is it's just a box in our room and we don't ever open it and it's not with an immediate eyesight either but like those are the some of the most obvious things we have so the first thing that I would say that's interesting about people who have kids is that you have to hide your kink. You have to hide your kink from any visible um, obviousness in the home. Well, and I kind of want to go back to, you know, when I discovered kink, because I think some of our listeners that may be tuning into this episode likely have younger children, right? Um, and when I discovered kink, like I've been active in this lifestyle about, as many years as my youngest is old. So <laughs> when I first started exploring it, my youngest was a baby, essentially. Um, and my older one was a toddler, you know, around three. So I have basically because I, I got into it as as I went through my divorce. Um, and so, you know, I went through kind of the balancing act as well um, when they were when they were itty bitties. And I feel like it's good to talk about um, because, like I said, I think I hear it from a lot of people who want to discuss this topic. They're people who their kids are at least range to the younger end or are younger. Um, well, and that's really challenging, too, because just as a person with children, mm -hmm. child care for anything is hard to come by. I, I've wor I worked in childcare professionally for years and I was for at least two and a half years, a full-time childcare professional. Um, and childcare is ridiculously expensive. It's ridiculous. And parents, I mean, I, I feel like I'm speaking to the choir here, but it's hard to have the kids be taken for just to be able to go on a date. Yeah. Well, and I never could afford childcare. Like I could never afford to hire childcare. Um, so, you know, my whole thing was like in the very beginning, 
So when I was still married, Tuesday nights were like mom's night out. So <laughs> literally I would get together with my other mom friends um, and we would go out and it was everybody's night and all of the spouses were home with the kids and we could go and, and do our thing. Usually it was going to a karaoke bar. Um, but, um, but yeah, so basically in the very, very beginning, um, as, after I asked for the divorce, but still lived with my, uh, husband at the time, um, for about a year, I just utilized those evenings as a time to go out with the moms if there was something going on or to go out and meet people or to a munch or whatever. I was very limited <laughs> at the time. Um, but then after I moved out, the times that I didn't have them with me, right? So the times that they were with their dad was the time that I could spend my time accordingly, however I wanted, which granted I was also, you know, I worked and whatever. But yeah, I mean that during that time when they were really young, it was basically the, the nights or the weekends that they were with their dad. That was my only time. And when I had them, that was it. Like they weren't old enough to take care of themselves or, or do anything for themselves. My only hope at that point was if I set up play dates for both of them somewhere. Um, but outside of that happening occasionally, it was basically whenever they were at their dad's. And that was the time I had to schedule for going out to do things, going to, to munches, going to parties, whatever it was. Um, and so essentially my entire kink existence only happened when the kids were were with their dad and well, we had a wonky schedule at that time like right now it's way easier because it's like one week on one week off easy peasy and back then it was like it was weird I've always thought this is very interesting because um but when I first met you there was still that vibe of you know when the kids are home we're not doing kink stuff I mean it was interesting because we had like friends who were kinksters watch the kids like the kids were meeting kinky people not as kinksters as just as people but it's not that our life never had intersection but I was here when the transition started happening, and I, I was one of the ones I, I encouraged it. When the kids were about, about two years ago, I started to suggest, you know, maybe we don't use only our weekends away from the kids to do parties. Maybe we do one weekend um, when we have them with a party, and we work on that not that night. And the reason we were able to talk about that is because of their age. Like yeah. they are now at a point, both of them, not just one, but both, where they're happy to be home alone. They can be counted on to be home alone. But we have to factor in, is there an impact of our absence on the kids? Well, and it was actually just this last year. So it's only been a year that we've started doing more regularly, having at least one weekend that we have them doing an event. Before yeah. that, I always did my best to. Now, there were some exceptions based on sanctuary schedule, but um, <clears throat> I always tried to do my events uh, on the weekends that I did not have them. So that meant that, you know, the weekends that... We didn't have the kids. We were working. And so there was never the reason we switched over this year was because there was never a weekend where we not only didn't have an event, but didn't have the kids. So we never had a weekend of just us doing other things. So yeah, and I, I would say like that was very challenging. Um, it, it's just very hard. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. I think it's still challenging 
But, you know, I think a great thing on the other side of the coin with having kids and having it be separated in such an extreme way is that whenever we do have the kids, there is this relief of knowing I don't have to focus on work or on the kink scene. I get to focus on home and being with the kids. And I I have found that our nights, what? I don't really know about that. Well, because we, we always, one weekend that we have them, we have an event. And even besides that, we still have our other like support groups or other, we can't just not think about I'm trying kink, to find a silver lining here. So don't rip it out. I, <laughs> don't pull it away. I'm trying to I'm say that saying, we still have to work. You most know? of the weekends where we are quiet and relaxed are because we have the kids. If we have a relaxed weekend, it's usually because they're here because they it guarantees that we're trying to protect that time. That's we, true. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, we <laughs> should do better about protecting our time when the kids aren't here, and that's a separate conversation. <laughs> but I'm saying that there is also a benefit of being able to focus only on family or trying your best to create family time. And um, the kids are an opportunity to slow down and to be present in a space that has nothing to do with kink and BDSM. And I feel like a healthy way of looking at balancing BDSM and and kids um, is understanding the benefits of both of those pieces of life. Yeah. So people used to ask me, like, how do you balance the two? How do you balance kids and kink or vanilla and kink? And you know, I would say, well, the balance is kind of forced in my in my situation, not that it's a bad force, but it was kind of would it be prescribed or described? What's the word? (laughs) It's just how it is because of your external situation. (laughs) This is the way that you had to balance it. When I had the kids, I was in more vanilla mom mode. Um, And when I didn't have the kids, then I was in kinky freak mode I don't know (laughs) but but it was sort of this automatic balance because of that now the balance is a little off now there is more overlap um not with the kid but like stuff that we have to do when we when we do have the kids here but we do try to we do try to balance as much as we can I know that I mentioned people having younger kids listening to this and I spoke to it as somebody that went through a divorce and ended up with custody uh, situations where I could use my time when the kids were with their dad to explore kink. However, a lot of the time I hear from parents who are not getting a divorce, who are married and they want to explore kink and have young children. And that becomes an interesting dilemma of you can't just wait for the weekend that the kids are with someone else. You have to either, you know, if you're exploring things separately and have, you know, your other spouse can be home with the kids or if you have family help, friends or can afford to hire childcare, that becomes sort of the issue in terms of going out and exploring kink. Now, what if you want to explore kink at home with your partner and aren't necessarily out in the community, but you have young kids. That becomes a whole new dilemma in terms of, especially depending on how young they are, being interrupted, um, having to get up in the middle of the night for stuff. Like there's there's all sorts of, of new complications that come with that. And it's hard to speak to anyone specifically because that would be needing speci- specifics. But generally speaking, you know, part of it is doing what you can now, knowing that as they get older and can become more self-sufficient, it will get easier, hopefully. There are aspects of kink that you can incorporate without a kid ever knowing. And if you're in a situation where 
for 90% of your life, you are surrounded by kids, but you want to be able to have kink with your partner or with somebody that is safe. You can do long distance kink over text. You can have text exchange that, um, you know, you could do DS over long distance. Um, why are you, why are you talking face? about long distance? I'm talking about, um, if you have a partner or like a dom outside of the home, Oh, like if you're in a situation like that, I'm talking also about like you and your partner that you live with, if you're doing kink together, you can still communicate over text. Um, you can still create a, an emotional and mental bond in the same way that we practice our DS in front of the kids without them really knowing about it. Yeah. I was going to um, say creating rituals and protocols yeah. that are on the down low. You if can you have will. covert stuff that's happening. And even if you only get one chance every month, to actually have a scene or to act out something like this because your parents are watching the kids or something like that, <laughs> you can still keep it alive in the same way that I would imagine people work on keeping their sex life alive. Like there are things you can mm -hmm. do, but ultimately it's important to acknowledge when you have young children who are completely dependent on you that need that intense level of care, it's the least of your worries is trying to incorporate kink. You just want to be able to be an adult sometimes with other adults. I mean, I, I haven't been in that position. I've just seen a lot of parents. I've heard a lot of stories. You've I just have been the one taking care of other people's yes, children. <laughs> I've, I've been the one who gets the football pass to them. Like <laughs> it's really challenging. A lot of people really struggle and I just want to hold space for the fact that it's challenging and, um, be compassionate and, and call for you to be compassionate with yourself. If you're having a hard time and you have little ones at home, because it's, it's a really hard job to watch little ones. I want to put out there the idea of, you know, when I was a young mom, when my kids were first born, uh, especially when my, my first was born, I had not discovered any of this until after my second was born. And part of what you do as a parent, typically out in the vanilla world, is you find other, you find parenting groups or you make connections with or network with other parents and oftentimes we'll find people to like you know oh let's do a kid swap and do play dates so that we can each go on a date night with our our partner or whatever I want to suggest a kinky parent networking swap situation <laughs> if you need it which is you know doing your best to get out there and and meet other people make friends with other people just like we always recommend with anybody exploring the scene or starting to get out there um and if you meet other people who also happen to be parents and maybe even have kids around the same age maybe that's something there's no reason why it can't translate to other parents in the kink world that you don't have to like edit yourself. You can, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's an idea I'll throw out there. <laughs> I would also say for anybody listening, who's a little worried about, let's say that you want to go into the kink scene, but your partner isn't interested, but they're giving you permission to explore and play. Or let's say that you're polyamorous with your partner and you both have permission to explore and play. Or let's say that you're a full-time single parent and you need to go into the scene to find a partner to play with. Right. Um, there are so many people in the scene who are in the exact same position. There are so many people in the scene who have children. And there are so many people in the scene who have gone through divorce. These are things that are ridiculously common amongst kinksters. Yeah. So if you're worried about, like, what if nobody's going to be able to put up with my schedule? Or what if the limited time I have isn't enough to maintain? I would not be discouraged over that. Um, I would seek other kinksters who either have capacity to just out of compassion honor your time and your ability and understand that you have children and that those children come first. Or I would seek um, people to play with or people to interact with who themselves are just as preoccupied with their children. Um, because it's important to find people who can be compassionate 
to you and, and who can understand that you might be 100% present with them when you're with them, but when you're with your kids, you're not available. You know, so um, those would be just some pieces of, um, I think, hope, encouragement, and advice that we would throw out there. Um, but this kind of segues into this next section, um, a question that we get a lot and that I think a lot of people are really curious about. What do you do when your kids get old enough to start noticing to Google. stuff? Oh. To Google, to ask questions, <laughs> what do you do? I kind of have a bit of a um, safety net. Safety net. Thank you. Wow, I, I'm I'm a I'm about eighty percent done with my coffee, but apparently I needed another cup. While you're talking, I'm actually gonna grab some coffee right now. So, oh, okay. Maybe we'll get you fun. more. No, 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 no. All right, I'll, I'll be right back. Water. Keep going. Okay. Talk about right. talk about the safety net. Talk Let's about talk about the all kids. the things. Yeah, go, all go right. So, my safety net is my my quote unquote day job, right? So, I'm a therapist, um, and the kids. Uh, you know, I've been a therapist since uh, before they were born, so they know I'm a therapist. Part of that has come in handy because it seems like my my younger one is much more interested in going to school, coming home, getting homework out of the way as quickly as possible, and then playing video games with his friends. Um, I don't know that he has a ton of interest in figuring out more about what we do or my <clears throat> my job as a therapist etc um he he's never seemed that interested and i know you know there's probably parents out there going oh more than you think i i get it um but i'm just saying like we have a pretty open communication in our family and there's never been any sort of expression from him as any interest However, <laughs> the older one, who fortunately is four and a half more months, and then she will be a legal adult. So yay for that. <laughs> but she has definitely been the one that has stumbled upon some of my internet presence, social media presence. Obviously, we're not only out in terms of our personal life with, you know, our families, with friends, you know, another other adults in our life, but a lot, you know, our work is in this world and the work that we do requires marketing and getting the word out and to do that we have to use social media and our social media is set for adults only but in this particular case what's so super funny my standard practice has always been when I join when I create a professional account on any social media when I think that they're going to be on that social media apparently which is setting you up I go through and not only try to block their accounts but I also try to figure out like as many of their friend accounts as I can and block them as well. Twitter, I didn't think like younger kids cared about Twitter. I don't know why, but I felt like young kids weren't on Twitter. I thought of Twitter as kind of more of a adult like politics kind of thing, which apparently I was wrong. But I didn't go through the same process that I had gone through with my other social media accounts. And one day she came into the room. I was sitting on the couch and she's like, so mom. And I'm like, yes. And she was basically like, um, why on your Twitter uh, bio is there BDSM? So my first response was, you're on Twitter? 
So that was kind of the first piece. But yes, apparently her and her friends were on Twitter. But the the safety net comes in here because what I did was I said, look, I told her the truth that as a therapist, I said, you know, I work with and specialize in working with people who are living alternative lifestyles or people who identify, uh, etc. I, I gave her examples of things that she would recognize. Um, I said, I work with clients in the LGBTQ uh, communities in the, you know, ethical non-monogamy or polyamory communities, as well as the BDSM and kink communities. These are all alternative lifestyles and people that I work with and specialize in. At first, her question was, but isn't all of that about sex? And I was able to correct that and say, well, no, I understand the, the assumption there um, or the stereotype there. I said, but it's actually not all about sex and there's a lot of people who, you know, are in that lifestyle who deal with relationship issues regarding things within, you know, I didn't go into a lot of detail, but tried to broadly explain why I would be working with clients in that lifestyle. She accepted that. Um, she's like, okay, that makes sense. She's like, and then she joked around and said, you know, haha, aren't you glad that I was the one that found it and not one of my friends? And I said, yes, yes, I'm, I'm glad you're the one that found it. I said, now give me your handle and all of your friends handles so that I can now block you on Twitter. Um, so it was one of those things where I don't think she did any kind of deep dive into it. As soon as she saw it, she came to me and asked about it. Um, and then at that point, I blocked her and as many of her friends as I could get out of her. But these are the types of things that you know, you can do your absolute best to block accounts and set your your settings on your accounts in a certain way. Um, fortunately, when you Google, because I thought, oh God, you know, they're they're at an age they can Google me. And fortunately, if you just Google my name, at least at the time I checked it, I think it's still the same. If you just Google my name, most of what comes up is just my therapy practice. But if they were to Google my name with any other word, such as kink or BDSM, then obviously there's they're going to end up in a rabbit hole of seeing like my parties or my support groups or my BDSM 101 classes. They're old enough at a point where if that were to happen, we could explain or I could explain the work aspect without what I think would be the inappropriate side of explaining my own personal investment, if you will, or our personal shenanigans within the BDSM, you know, community or our own personal life at home. The main point is that in today's day and age, if you have any sort of social media presence, this is going to be something that your kids are going to have access to. And you have to be prepared for that. Um, I think a lot of parents prepare for that by not having any yeah. sort of kink presence. But if you are a professional in the scene, in any capacity, this is going to be challenging. Uh, another thing is just that kids notice certain things. You know, we've had, again, the, the boy child is blissfully ignorant and happy to stay that way <laughs> yeah. about almost everything in the world around him. It's not just us. It's That's just sadly true. <laughs> like we, we took, we removed a carpet from the house recently and had a bet to see if he'd even notice it was gone. And I don't believe that he did. <laughs> like um, a giant rug in the living yeah. room. <laughs> the girl child noticed the, the change, but I don't think he did. And like, so he's kind of a different situation, but for the girl child, she's always been very attuned. Um, so she's noticed 
anything that we do that's out of the ordinary. Both children noticed the heart jar, which did surprise me, although I think she may have tipped him off to it. Um, but they both noticed the appearance of that. Um, the girl child noticed early on when I would say, mm, this food looks so delicious. Oh, yeah. That was um, a, it was an adjustment we made for our asking to eat protocol. It was yeah. meant to be secretive. And <laughs> I actually believe that even though she doesn't talk about it, I think she does notice that I sit and wait and watch Miss Jen before and wait for her to take a bite. I think the girl child notices some of our protocols is what I'm saying. I Although think you might not notice this, but when we're all here sitting down for dinner together, I also wait for you to sit down purposefully I might take like one little bite if I'm really hungry but I purposefully wait for you to sit down if you're getting your drink or whatever so that it kind of seems like because I always say like wait to start eating until everybody's sitting at the table right so I try I've tried to do that as kind of also a I don't know. Trying to, way to make, make it, it seem like it's manners across the board. Yeah. Um, yeah. An another thing, <laughs> though, as well, is like the kids, I think it was about a year ago, it was in this house. Um, one of the kids was like, oh, yeah, mom's in charge of everyone. And that <laughs> that's was, just an energy thing. <laughs> it, it, it was funny. But no, what it, it what it is, is the kids <laughs> revealing to us their observation of our dynamic in the way that a kid perceives that. And this is kind of what I mean. Like kids are going to pick up your energy and your dynamic. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong or bad about a child or children observing a healthy DS dynamic as long, in, in my opinion, as long as you're not revealing your sexual aspects. Um, I, I, I'm somebody of the belief, and I think most people are of the belief, that kids don't need to know or be aware of your sexual activities. And I think kink is one of those things that falls more so into the sexual activity range. I think there are things that kids don't need to see. Um, I know that there are some people who do have children who end up joining the scene with them, and that's an area that I don't feel equipped what, to talk about. Uh... They join the scene when they get of age. Like yes, they raise gotta, children, include that part. Sorry, they jo they raise children. <laughs> the kids become of age. The kids go into the scene, and I don't think that's going to happen in our case, but it could, and we would cross that bridge. But I personally advocate to keep your kink separate from your kids in every way possible. However, it's going to come up when the kids get older, because at the very least, your children are going to ask you questions if you have an open communication with them about yeah. sex and possibly about kink activities because kids start hearing about kinky stuff when they're in high school at the very least kids joke about it we have had our kids come home and be like have you heard of pet play have you heard of furries like these things mm -hmm. come up and it's and not, not coming from, from us no they're not coming from <laughs> us um kids are going to be curious as they discover <clears throat> the world of bdsm through the lens of teenagers gossiping through the lens of stumbling on porn online like these are things that kids are going to bring naturally yeah. so we have an opportunity and we use that as an opportunity to try to normalize the fact that there are people who have their own activities that as long as they are safe standing consensual don't need to be judged and we try hard to steer the kids away from laughing at people who are different or from making fun of things like this and we try to let them know that this is a healthy part of human life for some people and that if they're uncomfortable they don't need to see it yeah we try to destignify wow i love what you said destigmatize yeah Ugh. i would say that we use our opportunity as parents when kid the kids bring these things to us yes to destigmatize yeah just general to, education yeah but we don't do it through our personal lens right. of what we do um you know and it has finally had come up a conversation about with the girl child what types of parties do you guys throw 
What do you oh, yeah. do? And that actually did <laughs> it lead. came from her desire yeah. to help us. <laughs> well, can I go to your parties? Not knowing. Can not I help knowing. set up? And like, it's very sweet because really what that question is, is you're not here and there's a part of your life that I don't see and I love you and I want to see your life. And that's, th- that's how I translate her talking to her mom about something like that. Um, and, and I also, help you. <laughs> yeah. And this, also this awareness of like kind of a kid can tell when you, you don't want them to see something. Sort of like how a kid can tell when you don't want them to say a bad word. Like kids react to the spaces that you put up boundaries with. And she's smart enough, alert enough, and curious enough to be poking at any boundary she sees. Um, but what we did in that case, and she's 17, is we said like, well, Miss Jen said, you know, go ahead, take it away. What did you tell her? Well, I think I just said we throw parties within this you know, in the BDSM community, her question specifically was, she said, okay, I don't want to know any other, like, I don't have any other questions except to know that, please tell me that you guys are not going and going and having sex at these parties. Like that was her one and only concern. I think it wasn't even just if we were having sex, it was also, are these sex parties? Yeah, but it was specifically, I think mostly her worry was about us. And I was able to honestly tell her like, no, that's not what's going on at our parties. And we don't do that at parties. Like, um, so mostly true. Yeah. And she was like, okay, that's all I want to know. That's it. And that was the end. That's all she wanted to hear. (laughs) We allowed her to ask questions and we told her if there's a question we don't want to answer, we won't answer. There was one question. I don't remember what it was, but I answered her with, do you really want to know? And And she she dropped it. Yeah. And I think at this point, she's now old enough and aware enough to understand there are some questions she doesn't want to have answered. Um, and there are boundaries that we would hold if she was asking or yeah. probing about questions about our personal life or what we do. We would not really be disclosing yeah, that. But she's not interested in no. that. When she becomes <laughs> of age, if she approached us and was like, are you guys kinky? If she's a legal adult, I might say, kind of, in some capacities, that's yes, like you know, well, the answer would be yes, and you get to you know ask what you want to ask. But we and also we're might not say over provide information. We, we might say yes, we're kinksters, and no, we're not going to tell you our specific things. But we're here if you have questions for yourself, and yeah, or about the general community at large. Yeah. If she ever came to us, I say, I say she because I just assume the boy child is not going to come to us with these questions. But if either of them came to us when they were adults and said, you know, I want to do this thing or I want to go to this place or do you know about this dungeon or something, we might say we do know about that space. And we are going to tell you what we know about that space so that you're safe. Or we might say, hey, if you want to explore this and you're of legal age, you can, but you are not to come to anything that we run. You're not coming into the space where we're at because – there's a boundary. And to me, that's something that you have to discover and draw for yourself when you have kids as they become of age and they, if they end up being kinky, do you want to overlap with them or is there a boundary? You have to figure out what your boundaries are. And what is healthy, most importantly, for the child. is your Even if your child is an adult, they're still your child. So what boundaries need to be there to maintain the relationship you have? And we know people who have adult children who are now in the scene and they're able to interact with their parent healthily. And that's okay. Um, I don't know what that answer will be for us, but I lean more towards let's keep boundaries up. I don't need our children to see that part of my life or our life beyond what is healthy. You know, and for me, beyond what is healthy would mean I don't really need them at parties where I'm playing. 
I don't ever want the kids to see me play. I don't want the kids to see that, that, that piece. So, but I think this is also going to get into a place where it's really, once the children are adults, it's really going to be based on the type of relationship you have, the type of relationship with them that you want. And again, what is healthy for that child. Um, the one thing that I would advocate for strongly on this topic is that you should not give or offer information the child is not asking for. And there are some things that you probably shouldn't give them, even if they ask for it. It always brings me back to this joke that I like to tell. Johnny sits down with with his parents and says, where did I come from? And the parents are like, oh, man, it's time, right? And they, they get themselves all ready and they sit down and they start going into all of the, the birds and the bees and when two people love each other and all this, you know, the stuff and... They, they get through this conversation and telling Johnny all the things and Johnny is just sitting there wide-eyed like a deer in headlights and at the end of it all says, I just wanted to know if I was from Ohio. Uh, oh my gosh, I also thought of something. The birds and the bee DSMs. Oh my God. Isn't that funny? Um, that is, it, is kind of like, it is kind of like a sex talk though. It is kind of, yeah. it, it is an awakening to even discover my parents are sexual beings or my parents are engaged with other people in a sexual way, much less my parents are kinky, kinky yeah. beings. But the, my point of, are the point of that joke was about don't tell your kids more than what they're ready to hear or more than what they're asking. Because yeah. if, if they had just stopped and clarified for a second, what do you mean? Then he could have clarified yeah. and they wouldn't have had that entire conversation yet. But <laughs> the point also can be extended just to ev everyone in your life because kids are vanilla kids are vanilla even if your kid is doing things that lead you to believe that when they're adults they may not be vanilla they are vanilla because they're children they're still kids and so you got to kind of hold space for that and also keep in mind that vanilla people and vanilla adults in your life may want you to not share in the same way like it's a good policy to only share when people ask and are open to hearing and when it comes to your kids right especially there yeah I mean I kind of had to be out to people in my life for the most part just because of my work and again it's out there so if somebody yeah. asked me what do you do for work I mean you know that was the other thing that I came across as a parent was meeting uh, my kids friends parents and creating those connections, especially since I moved to a new community um, after my divorce when they were still little um, and wanting to make other parent connections there, most of whom I at least assume are vanilla. Um, I haven't run into any at the local dungeon yet, but um, but meeting, you know, other parents, you know, I did kind of approach it when I was asked that question with some people and I base this kind of on energy but like with most people that I wasn't quite sure about I would just say oh I'm a marriage and family therapist leave it at that um, if somebody seemed like they were fairly open and somebody that I could probably trust uh, with more I would still just say I'm a marriage and family therapist and also an educator right because at the time I was just doing the classes um, and at that point, if they asked, oh, what do you teach? Then I was honest. I said, I would say like, oh, I teach in the BDSM communities. Um, and again, if they had more questions, I would answer them. But I didn't give more than I had to, right? 
Um, so that was another way that I dealt with with that. And and fortunately, I found a couple of the parents who were like totally cool and like good to know and some some curiosity and all of that. So um, so that ended up you know working out okay. So what do you guys think about this? Do you have kids? Um, how are you balancing having kids with pursuing kink and BDSM? Are you listening to this and you're like, I didn't even imagine the impact that having kids would have on my life in BDSM, but I know I want to have kids. And, you know, because that's something to think about too. I mean, we, we know people who got together, were kinky, were in a dynamic, and then had children. And that has impacted them immensely. Um, these are all things to think about. And we'd love to also hear from anybody who has had their children grow up and discovered that their children who are adults now are into kink and who are now overlapping with their kids in the kinky realm to an extent, because that's again, an area that a lot of people are very uncomfortable talking about, but it's a very real possibility and it's not black and white, you know, good or bad. It's what works, right? So we'd love to hear from people, um, to, to hear what your experiences have been. Um, we are looking forward to, um, supporting our kids, uh, even as they become adults and whatever, wherever that takes them. And, um, in making sure that they know that we're always here for them and we're always humans and parents and adults in their life before we are all of these other things that we experience. And yeah, I'm just excited to see what happens as the kids become adults. I'm excited for that. Thank you so much for listening to um, K is for Kinky. We, of course, have some shout outs to do before we wrap the episode. I'm talking, of course, about Lena, Tussled, and Sid. These are our amazing um, K is for Kinky team members, and all of them contribute to our podcast and also our social media presence being the way that it is. Sid built basically everything. Yay, Sid. Um, Lena has also <laughs> helped to build and structure a little bit of our Discord and moderates the Discord. So we want to shout out Lena for being a great moderator. And then last but not least, we have Tussled. And cheerleader. And cheerleader, yes. Um, Tussled <laughs> takes all of our notes, does the Tussled cheeky notes that I'm sure many of you love, read, and enjoy. We certainly do. Um, and has also helped us when it comes to giving us feedback on our content so that we can help create the best stuff possible. So thank you to our amazing team. And, of course, we're shouting out two Call Me Kinklings. We have... Pudding, Pudding and, and Jenny. Jenny. Thank you so much for becoming a new Call Me Kinkling. We really, really, really appreciate it. So yeah. thank you both. Thank you all so much for listening. And we will catch you next time here on K is for Kinky. Be well, precious Kinklings. Bye. Bye.